Welcome in. It is a Monday edition of Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao and Mo Patton here with you on this fine Monday, as it is fine snow outside. And uh, I, I guess it depends on your definition of fine as to what well, today is. You know, I've got power. I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, How, is that an issue down there? Has it, that been? It has been in the past. I am told there was a transformer replaced nearby that should decrease the number issue. of power outages in situations such as this. So, and and it, I'm ironically the the landlord who lives, you know, a little bit who lives in front of us, mm-hmm. bought a generator because of the issues, and then they fixed the issue. <laughs> timing, timing is indeed everything, isn't it? Uh, most of the time. That's unfortunate for him. Worked out for us. <laughs> but, yeah, it is It is Monday, man. As, as you all know, if mm. you're in Middle Tennessee or anywhere south of us, really, I think the if you're snow in Tennessee, period. Yeah, anywhere in Tennessee, and then south to a, at, at least through the shoals, dealing with a lot of the powdery white substance known as snow. If for those of you who are unaware, uh, any transplants from out <laughs> west or Texas who may not know, hmm. this is this is what we get once a year, <laughs> and this is unusual. This is this is a little heavier. Than we're and used there's to. a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, I had a... to go out last night to roll our trash up just on the off chance that they came on Monday as they mm-hmm. are scheduled to. And, I mean, I left some deep footprints. Yeah, we're we're pushing five to six inches right now on the on the porch. Now I don't know what on the ground. I don't know because it. It was pretty cold, though, before it snowed, so I feel like it's probably accumulated very well on the ground. Just, you know, So I don't know. It's a lot of snow. I don't want to deal with it. That's why I'm wearing my Hawaiian Bucky shirt today. Uh, we're going to manifest some warmth. And... Hawaiian Bucky's is, in and of itself, kind of paradoxical. It is, but it's I hilarious. Mean, there's, there's not there's not Bucky's in Hawaii, is there? I know. <laughs> it would I mean, take up all no island. Inter- are there any interstates in, in Hawaii? <laughs> It'd be really hard to drive interstate from Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> a heck of a bridge. No, I, I it's I mean, I don't guess it's I don't I mean it's a Hawaiian shirt, but it's tropical. They don't have any in, in the keys yet either, but I got a feeling there might be one soon. There is one. The first one ever built outside of Texas, though, was in the Gulf Shores area. So just off of I-10. So maybe that's where this came from. I just know that I, we we were having a luau, and, and and so this was the best shirt available for said uh, event. Hmm. We've got a good show, Mo. It's going to be a really good show today because we have two fantastic guests Grant McCauley, timing is everything, as the Braves make a big mm. signing today. Uh, Grant will join today? us from nine. Uh, yeah, they signed him officially today. 
Okay. The signing uh, period didn't open until today. Okay, uh, gotcha. <laughs> had, had a ceremony and everything. They put him in a jersey with the number 13 on it. Hmm. Yeah, which is okay. the Ronnie effect, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but we'll talk with Grant McCauley from 92.9 The Game over in Atlanta. We'll also talk with Tony Syracuse from Last Word on college football as Florida State becomes the first university to be sanctioned for NIL violations and I don't think I don't think there is any uh, surprise that Florida State would be the first considering their past four weeks crusade against the NCAA so <laughs> we'll talk with Tony. Well, their crusade wasn't really against the NCAA, though, was it? I mean, not really. No, they were, but yeah, and yeah, against the establishment. The establishment. Yeah. There you go. And yeah, so we'll they, talk they about were, they were they were fighting the man, <laughs> and the man fought back. <laughs> they fought the law, and the law won. <laughs> That's typically the way it works. Huh? And so Tony will talk about what that means for Florida State and and for, you know, other schools dealing with NIL situations like this, which by all accounts, they're not the only ones doing this exact thing. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Terry uh, McCormick will also join us, of course, uh, as interviews are ongoing uh, with Titans front office staff for a future head coach of the Titans. So all of that coming your way, Monstars, NFL playoffs, rapid fire reaction, uh, and and much, much more. So stick with us here. We're going to get to all of it. But before we do that, we're going to get you to the results from the weekend and today's very Mm. short schedule Mm. on (laughs) The Rundown. This is The Rundown. The Monday Rundown is brought to you by Zion Christian Academy. ZCA offers a faith-based, Christ-centered education in Murray County. Give them a call today. Well, maybe not today, but (laughs) they're not there today. 931-388-5831 or visit ZionEagles.org to schedule your appointment today. (laughs) Zion Christian Academy, prepared for college, equipped for purpose. Maybe not today. Uh, tomorrow? Nope, not uh, tomorrow. Maybe next not week. Tomorrow either. We'll, we'll, <laughs> be safe. Wait till next week. <laughs> Girls basketball from the weekend. Friday night action. Franklin Road Academy, 64 35 winners over Battleground Academy. Cane Ridge downs Antioch, 62 25. It was Clarksville Academy, 43 38 winners over Donaldson Christian. Northwest was a 58 25 winner against Kenwood Columbia. Falls again. Is that two in a row? That is two in a row. Both Oof, in district tough. play. Tough. Columbia Central falls to Coffee County 49-37 at home on Friday. Providence Christian down Columbia Academy 59-29. Huntland downs Eagleville in a close one 53-51. Ensworth was a 51-39 winner over Pope Prep. Ezo Harding edges Nashville Christian 51-50. Zion Christian falls to FC Boyd Senior Christian 72-20. It was Father Ryan 46, CPA 35. Good Pasture 65-26 winners over Friendship Christian. Beach Downs Gallatin 58-48. White House 40, Greenbrier 37. Harpeth Hall falls to the Lipscomb Academy 56-46. And Hume Fogg was a 55-14 winner over Glencliff. Does Harpeth Hall just walk to Lipscomb Academy when they play? Did they like just jog over? 
I feel like you could. It's not that far. No, you, you, it's not that <laughs> far, but you do have to cross Hillsborough Road, and I wouldn't yeah. suggest walking. <laughs> That's a good, good thought. Good thought. Uh, McGavick, 50, Hunters Lane, 10, Hillsborough, Downs, John Overton, 57, 46. It was Rossview, 50, 57, Kirkwood, 9, Lebanon, 52, 24 winners over Laverne. Liberty Creek falls to Westmoreland, 39, 27, Loretto. Down Summertown, 51-44. Lawson, 56-48. Winners over Maplewood. Giles County down, uh, sorry, falls to Marshall County, 46-21. Green Hill, 52. Mount Juliet, 18. Lewis County, 51-44. Winners against Mount Pleasant. And Murfreesboro Central, 55-51. Winners against Tullahoma. Also, Portland with a 63-31 win over Lead Academy. Page defeated Ravenwood 54-31. It was Blackman 59, Riverdale 23. Richland with a 63-34 win over Santa Fe in comeback fashion. Oakland 42, Siegel 36. Stewart's Creek with a 63-18 win over Smyrna. Springfield defeated Clarksville Northeast 62-37. It was Lincoln County 63, Spring Hill 32. Brentwood Academy 56, St. Cecilia 21, Summit with a 54-49 win over Centennial, Valor Collegiate 35, Martin Luther King 18, Henry County with a 67-28 win over West Creek, White House Heritage down Trousdale County 56-43, and Cookville defeated Wilson Central 68-51 on Saturday. Baylor defeated Middle Tennessee Christian 48-45. It was Lawrence County 68, Franklin County 44. Lebanon with a 52-35 win over Webb of Bellbuckle. Riverdale defeated Lead Academy 52-17. And Westmoreland defeated Rockvale 34-28. All right, boys action from Friday night. Battleground Academy 58-34 winners over Franklin Road Academy. Clarksville North, I'm sorry, Clarksville Academy. 64, Donaldson Christian, 43. Northwest was a 73, 58 winner over Kenwood. Columbia Central down Coffee County, 63, 53. Columbia Academy, 73, 70 winners over Providence Christian, giving them a little t- taste of their own medicine with the <laughs> the three-point win in district play. Yeah. Davidson Academy, 58, 44 against Mount Juliet. Christian Eagleville, 69, 60 over Huntland. Pope Prep continues their rolling. Uh, 87-64 over Innsworth. Nashville Christian falls to Ezel Harding, 61-30. It was Zion Christian, 66-34. Winners over Frank, uh, FC Boyd Senior Christian. Father Ryan, 67. CPA, 57. Franklin, Downs Independence, continuing a heck of a run in district play for the Admiral, 73-65. Friendship Christian, 69. Goodpasture, 55. Gallatin, 45-44. Winners over Beach. Greenbrier downs White House 66-57. It was East Robertson 62. Joe Burns 52. Hillsboro 62-38. Winners over John Overton. Le- Lebanon falls to Laverne 63-52. Westmoreland downs Liberty Creek 54-48. Loretto big winners over Summertown 72-59. Lawson downs Maplewood 70-51. Giles County 62-56. Winners over Marshall County. MBA. 48, Lipscomb Academy, 42, Watertown, 51, 41 winners over Monterey, Mount Juliet Downs, Green Hill, 45, 40, Mount Pleasant was a 78, 45 winner over Lewis County, and Tullahoma, 68, Murfreesboro Central, 48. Also, Portland, 68, Lead Academy, 51, Ravenwood with a 56, 36 win over Page, East Nashville defeated Republic, 79, 43, it was Blackman, 52, Riverdale, 34, Santa Fe, Top-ranked Santa Fe with a 62-50 win over number seven, Richland. Siegel, 86. Oakland, 79. Jeez, shootout. 
Stewart's Creek with a 73-59 win over Smyrna. Spring Hill defeated Lincoln County 60-58. Centennial with a 58-49 win over Summit. Martin Luther King defeated Valor Collegiate 63-36. It was West Creek 49, Henry County 39. Trousdale County with a 59-54 win over White House Heritage. And Cookville defeated Wilson Central 68-46 on Saturday. Good Pasture Edged Beach, 63-60. It was Brentwood Academy, 55, Blackburn, 35. Christ Presbyterian Academy with an 89-79 win over Butler County, Kentucky. Kirkwood defeated Greenwood of Kentucky, 69-65. Uh, Lawrence County, 62, Franklin County, 56. It was Lebanon, 71, York Institute, 59. Montgomery Bell Academy with an 81-77 win over Rossview. Owensboro Catholic of Kentucky defeated Station Camp 68-53. Pope Prep 68, Hillsborough 55, Lead Academy 60, Riverdale 50, Upperman 69, Franklin Classical 35, and Webb School of Bellbuckle with a 71-36 win over Grace Christian of Franklin. Women's Basketball College ranks Belmont doubles up Evansville and then some 84-40 were the Lady Bruins in that one. Middle Tennessee State, 87. Sam Houston, 55. Lipscomb, Lipscomb 85. 67 <laughs> winners over Tuna. <laughs> University of North Alabama. Missouri, 65-63 winners at Memorial over Vanderbilt. Tough loss for the Commonwealth women there. It was. There. Yeah, that, that was one of those come-from-ahead losses. Yeah. There. And, and just tough, those those turnarounds. But Belmont was able to take care of it because they defeated Indiana State 61-56 on Sunday. Tennessee goes to College Station and does not enjoy the trip. Texas A&M 71-56 winners over the Lady Vols. Campbellsville downs Cumberland 88-75. Fisk continues to roll after their trip to the Virgin Islands 65 mm -hmm. 36 winners Rejuvenated. <laughs> exactly. Southern at New Orleans. Trevecca with a big 89-76 win over Northwood. And uh, Loyola at New Orleans down UT Southern 76-66. Men's basketball action over the weekend. Indiana State all over Belmont 94-64. Tennessee State with a much-needed win 75-60 over Lindenwood. Lipscomb defeated Austin P 91-77. It was Sam Houston, 60. Middle Tennessee State, 51. Cumberland with a 79-74 win over Campbellsville. Fisk defeated Southern at New Orleans, 86-76. Trevecca in overtime downs Northwood, 78-75. And UT Southern defeated Loyola of New Orleans, 69-58. On the ice, not that outside, but actually the ice inside Bridgestone. Yes, no. Were these home? I don't know. Uh, Dallas was on the road. New, New York was at home. Okay. Well, they, it didn't matter to the Predators because they won nope. them both. 6-3 over the Stars, 3-1 over the Islanders. And in the association, the Grizzlies fall twice. 128-119 to the Clippers, 106-94 to the Knickerbockers. Today's schedule, this is... Highly unlikely that these two games are going to get played. I don't know if they are. I don't know if they're not. Could not find an update on these two. Every other game that was on the schedule, I got it no update. longer. <laughs> Franklin Road Christian is scheduled to play at FC Boyd Christian at 6 o'clock. And Webb School is at Lipscomb Academy at 6 o'clock. Both double headers. Check, Check your, your local, local listings. listings. There we go. And again, on the ice. But this one out west, 
The Predators are in Vegas. That's a five o'clock puck drop on Valley Sports South, and is the Grizzlies are in Vegas. Uh, yes. Wow. It's okay. it's it, I, it's yeah, a holiday. Okay mm-hmm. So, okay. Uh, and then in the association, the Warriors of Golden State are at the Grizzlies of Memphis at five o'clock, and that one is on national television. Unfortunately, for everyone having to watch basketball on TNT. Goodness. Hey, um, before we close, and what is not happening? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) One one thing in particular that is not happening, unfortunately, the um, gymnastics meet at Vanderbilt involving Fisk and a number of other gymnastics programs has been canceled due to the weather, and that's really unfortunate. So I wasn't going, but I was looking forward to it. Yeah, Yeah. that is your rundown. Top Stories brought to you, as always, by our friends at Bigly Wiggly, Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. They've got your daily, daily lunch specials, as well as, what was the other one? The delicious daily, the delicious daily, daily lunch specials. There we go. Yeah, with fresh hand-cut meats, they've got great produce and much, much more. All cost plus 10 at the register. Um, milk and bread, good luck. I've got plenty of milk. I got plenty of milk this weekend. There was there was plenty to be had, uh, and luckily for me, I don't have to buy bread because Sarah's making it now. So we just we got sandwiches for days. We've got uh, currently in my house. I have these, which are, uh, are but butterscotch. It's basically butterscotch brittle. Butterscotch brittle. Okay. It wasn't supposed to be. They were supposed to be cookies. Uh, we messed up, <laughs> but it's delicious. So I'm not real worried about it. <laughs> mm. uh, and right. we have cream cheese rolls and two loaves of bread. Just two, just, just two. We, we, but yeah, we've got plenty, plenty of baking items in the house. So anyway, uh, Today's top story is the coaching carousel continues in college football. It does. Uh, yeah. It has it has spun out Arizona's Jed Fish, who is now Washington's Jed Fish, replacing Washington's Caleb DeBoer, who is now Alabama's Kalen DeBoer. Which, as you alluded prior to the show, Raises the question, who's next at Arizona? I'm telling you, man, this is going to be the most interesting hire of the offseason. Because <laughs> what we've come... <laughs> because you may or may not get paid, huh? Well, I mean, because what we've seen... And here's there's this. Uh, Jedfish owes... Arizona about five and a half million dollars. So oh, and they're going to want it. Now they're only two hundred ninety million dollars in debt. Um, <laughs> hey, every little bit helps, right? Every every penny counts at this point. But but yeah, what we've come to know for Power Five college coach salaries, I don't know that we can expect that in this hire. 
and I'm not sure exactly what that does for the University of Arizona as far as their athletics program goes. It's a dangerous precedent to set, and I'm not sure if they can hire someone and pay them anywhere near what a Power 5 coach at most places are getting paid. So what does that mean? Does that mean you've got to hire somebody who has already had a big payday and convince them to take it? Or does that mean you who's young and inexperienced and not used to getting paid? Or how how do you approach that? I think one or the other. Ideally it's it's the guy who doesn't need the money. Right? I mean, ideally, it's it's the guy who just got fired and got a a pretty big buyout, and you know, like a Brian Harson. But here's the thing, though. I mean, ideally, it's somebody who doesn't need the money but does need the headache because it's not just salary that's going to be an issue at Arizona from a financial standpoint. Right. You're not going to be able to compete in the NIL scape. Most likely Uh, one, your Arizona, any NIL money that's significant is probably going to the basketball program. Uh, Two, the, the positive is you're in the big 12. Now the negative to that is you're in the big 12 with Colorado whose NIL money is seamless, seamlessly endless. <laughs> it, it appears to be endless. I don't know. So uh, you've got a chance to be at least somewhat competitive. So maybe if you are a young coach who can do it for half a million dollars or seven fifty, and you know, you're willing to take that risk and as a stepping stone job, you know, if you're, semi-successful at Arizona, you probably get another Power 5 job, whether it's, you know, Iowa State when Matt Campbell finally decides to leave, if Matt Campbell finally decides to leave, or Lance Leopold, etc. Right? Mm-hmm. The, I think those are your options. And for Arizona, I'm not sure which way they're going to go, but it's got to be one of those two. I mean, a Barry Odom type. Barry Odom's name has, in fact, come up and is mentioned on azdesertswarm.com along with Texas State's um, G.J. Kenny. Um, this is an interesting name to me under the circumstances because while you may or may not get paid at Arizona, at least you're in a conference, which is more than you can say, for Jake Dickert at Washington State. They have a conference-ish. The Pac-2. Yeah. <laughs> Ish. Ish. Kinda, sort of, yeah. That, yeah, I, I, think that's a, I think that's an interesting name. I mean, sure. Here's another interesting name. You ain't going to like it. Jacksonville State head coach Rich Rodriguez. Not a chance. One, they can't pay him what we're paying him. And two, he's not going back to Arizona. He's had that headache. He's been there. He's done that. He's the big man on campus at Jacksonville State. 
and they got a better chance of going bowling at JSU than they do than Arizona at does. Arizona didn't Arizona just go ten and so, three this past year? They did. How much of that was? Well, they also lost to Mississippi State, Mo. That was pre-quarterback change, though. Mm-hmm. They made a quarterback change mid-season and won ten straights or something like that. So, Speaking I don't of know. Mississippi State and quarterbacks, you know, Will Rogers. Will Rogers, who had gone into the transfer portal, come out in Seattle, is now back in the transfer portal with the departure of Kalen DeBoer. Good luck. Where did Will Rogers transfer to Mississippi State from? Oh, that's a good question. He did transfer, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say it was like West Virginia or something. I don't remember. It was somewhere up that way, I feel like. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. But he is, once again, in said portal. So, I... I I hate that for him. I really do. And I know that Kalen DeBoer probably hates that he had to do that too. No, uh, no, 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 no. He committed to Mississippi State out of high school in Louis, in Louis, Louisville, Mississippi, as opposed to Louisville. Um, there you go. He committed to Mississippi State over an offer from Washington, Washington State. Um, huh. Ironic. Yeah, yeah. So, very interesting. So, yeah, no doubt. Does he want? Does he wind up at Alabama? No. Okay. They're, they're they have cool. five cool. quarterbacks who are who are better than Will Rogers. So, that's unfortunate for Will. Yeah, it is. It just is. So, it all right. Let's take a break. Grant McCauley is standing by, so we need to get to him and talk a little Braves on the other side of this break. So stick around on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We're back in a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. 
Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Maurice Patton here with you on this Monday. We're coming to you from the uh, Split Lee Company studio. and <laughs> Multiple studios. Yeah, working from home today as neither of us feel comfortable walking in the snow, much less driving in it today. So that's what we're going to be doing. But we have... A great show, anchored by some great guests, including our next guest, Mo. Hey, yeah, 92.9 The Game out of Atlanta's Grant McCauley now joins us. Grant, is it snowing in Atlanta? No, we've got no snow here, and I don't think anybody is too upset about it, because when it snows in Atlanta, things go a little bit awry. Well, yeah, un- understood, because when it snows up here, things go a lot awry. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I get it. I Just get a it. bit. Yeah. Appreciate you. T- nice swag there, man. Oh, I like that. That's- thank you. I had to do something with all these bobbleheads that they give out over the last couple of years. And it's more and more. When I was growing up, it was like a couple a year. Now I think they give somewhere between 12 and 15 bobbleheads per season, which uh, seems a bit excessive. But then again, they haven't run out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> One per series, huh? At least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is the bigger news regarding the Braves is it last Thursday's agreement with Max Freed to avoid arbitration or is it the Perdomo signing um I mean I would say from a big picture perspective like longer term the Perdomo is much more of an exciting kind of signing because the Max Freed one is expected I mean they were either going to go to arbitration or they were going to agree to a deal which they did which is the first time in a couple of years, which is not a small thing, but you knew Max Fried was going to be here in 2024, to make a long story short. The Perdomo signing, though, I mean, you think about what the Braves had to go through after 2017 when MLB handed down those sanctions and they couldn't sign international free agents for so long. Well, now they're signing one of, if not the top guys in this class, and that's been a minute for the Atlanta Braves. Now, in the international field of play, as far as signing these free agents, it doesn't necessarily guarantee that the guy you pay the most is going to give you the most, as has been shown very many times. But I think that this is a talent the Braves are very high on, very excited about. 
And as a young, toolsy shortstop, you look at where the Braves are set up over the course of the rest of this decade and maybe beyond, shortstop's not really locked down long-term. So maybe this is a guy who's going to figure in to being one of the fixtures of this club, and they can figure out what they need to do and want to do as far as Max Fried is concerned beyond 2024. So I'd give Perdomo the edge as far as the excitement factor. Avoiding arbitration with Max, does that do anything for the likelihood of re-signing him, do you think? I kind of thought so. I mean, the last couple of years they have gone to that trial, and this may have been a case where Max Fried, who is the Braves union rep, by the way, looked at it and thought, you know, I feel like we're probably not going to win this case this time around, so everybody knows. They exchange the numbers. They can talk a little bit about, you know, what they feel is or what they're comfortable with and work out that deal and not deal with kind of the unfun situation of being a player who sits in a hearing. And here's why the club doesn't think you're the greatest. And I think there was a really great, uh, or doesn't think that you're as good as maybe you think you are. Maybe that's mm-hmm. the best way to mm-hmm. say it. But Corbin Burns with the Milwaukee Brewers, I mean, he had harbored some serious hurt feelings over his arbitration hearing with Milwaukee. And now it seems like as he heads into his final year of control, he may be another guy that's going to be looking to go out on the free agent market and not really look at, re-signing a long-term deal and not really be open to that. But I don't necessarily think that's Max Fried's case. I've talked to Max over the years, including after his arbitration hearing last year. He understands the process. He likes Atlanta. He obviously loves playing for this team. He loves the winning that they're able to do. But as you get closer to free agency, as we've seen with Freddie Freeman and Dansby Swanson, which again, these are different players, different cases, it doesn't necessarily portend well to getting that extension done, but it doesn't rule it out entirely. So I did feel like, to kind of answer your question in the longest form possible, that (laughs) avoiding the arbitration hearing does feel like a little bit of something, maybe a little bit of progress, and maybe that will be something that can spark some talks going forward. I've always just felt like, Grant, when they were handing out all of the other extensions to to Acuna and and Ozzy and Austin and everybody else, that when Max wasn't in it, I, I just felt like he wanted to get to free agency. Possibly. I I mean, everybody looks at it. I think every player does realistically in that you play six years under a certain team and, you know, they can trade you. They control you for that six years. And then you go beyond that and you get to kind of pick your contract. If you play well enough to get clubs interested, that's what free agency is all about. And, you know, getting that process to maybe have your current club involved and then find out five or six other teams would like to have you play there and get the big money. That is going to be appealing to any player. But when I looked at all those extensions, Only one of them has been handed out to a pitcher, and that was Spencer Strider, and that was in his first full year in the major leagues. So I feel like that's kind of the differential between a Max Fried, who's more tenured, and a younger guy like Spencer Strider, who has a totally different skill set, is obviously a very exciting pitcher and can be for a long time. Fried's just in a different place, and especially the position players that I felt like when clubs give out big money and when you think about these deals – you feel, I think, a little bit more confident, a little bit more comfortable with position players than pitchers because you know that they're always potentially one pitch away from an injury. So I think that's why the Braves kind of stayed away from handing out a lot of pitcher uh, extensions over the past few years. And obviously, Max has had a couple of issues uh, injury-wise as well, so perhaps that has uh, had the Braves shy away a little bit from an extension to Max. I'm not sure, but I do think that next year's free agent class for pitchers Mm -hmm. certainly gives the Braves some options, if not Max Freed. So I guess, you know, it's kind of a gamble, but at least you feel like you've got maybe a king or a queen in the hole, if not an ace. 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, and obviously they were linked to going after Aaron Nola. If he was going to be interested in moving on from Philadelphia, I don't know that he was necessarily motivated to move on. And clearly the Phillies stepped up and took that question or that opportunity away from the Braves and every other club that would have liked to have had him. But I, I could still see the a world in which the Braves re-signed Max Freed. But again, as you get into free agency and you look at the way the Braves have spent over the years, are they always going to be able to find a Charlie Morton or a Chris Sale more recently? to patch their rotation with somebody that they believe in a lot, or at some point, I mean, I know they've got Spencer Strider locked down. Would you not like to lock in and know that you've got Max Freed coming back for a number of years rather than feeling like you're in your last year potentially, and you got to go search for answers every year? That's a hard process to go through, and I would imagine for Alex Anthopoulos and his front office, it's a little bit challenging to find those arms you believe in because we know they've built a club and an offense that can certainly power this team through the regular season, but you need those arms come October and Max Free could very well be one of those arms. And the more often, Grant, you do have to go and search for those arms, you know, the more likely that at one point you're going to hit a clunker. Sure, sure. And you look at 2020, they wanted to supplement that rotation with Cole Hamels, and he ended mm -hmm. up being injured. He was hurt. I think that's a bit of a cautionary tale. Now, the flip side of that coin was Max Freed. I had a conversation with him last spring about this as well. Cole Hamels meant a lot to him because he saw – a lot of what Cole Hamels had accomplished in his career was how Max was looking, what he was looking to become. And starting in 2020, he really took that big step, that next step into being one of the best left-handers in baseball. And I think Cole Hamels was a big influence for him over the course of that year. But when you think about, you know, the possibilities, I mean, I know it's risky signing people to long-term contracts. I know it's you know, a risk that you take, maybe not signing someone to a long-term contract and having to search for somebody else. That's why when the question comes up, well, should the Braves trade Max Freed? if they can't sign him long-term. And I say the answer to that is no, because then you got to replace him. And who are you going to replace him with? And as you just pointed out, maybe who you get in is not going to be as good as who you had. But that, of course, is the question of baseball. And it renews year after year after year. What is the best way and what is the best grouping that you can put together to make the club the best it can? And I think that's something Alex Anthopoulos and, and his group have been very committed to. But with Max Freed getting close to free agency, it's just going to be a different form of that question. And you know, for Max, he's going to have that opportunity to look around and have other clubs looking at him. And what is that free agent market going to look like? As we've seen over the past few years, it can be pretty rich. And a guy like Max Freed, who's been a perennial Cy Young Award candidate, that's a guy that I think a lot of clubs are going to be looking at. Grant McCauley of 92.9 The Game joining us here on Main Street Sports today. And Grant, this is... This is kind of, well, we're a month away now, less than a month away from pitchers and catchers, which is an exciting couldn't time. couldn't tell it looking out our window, but, but no. yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. It's not snowing in Florida. Yeah, it is not snowing in Florida, thank goodness. But, you know, when when this club gets down there, there are, what, uh, three, four, five open spots on the 40-man? Are those spots going to be for the taking during spring training or do the Braves have an idea of, you know, maybe going out and signing some vet guys? What, what's the plan? Yeah, I think that they're going to over the next few weeks and maybe even into the early portion of spring training or the latter part when clubs have to make those cuts and maybe they don't have room for a couple of players that make sense for the Braves. They'll be able to fill that 40 man out, but it's unlike any year I've ever seen where there were at one point, I believe eight spots open on the 40 man after they made the trade with the white Sox to get Aaron bummer. And they essentially loaded up everybody that they could have non-tendered or were considering not offering a contract to and sent them to the White Sox. And that was a, a bit of a strange, I guess, series of events there that I just had not seen before. I still think they need a right-hand hitting outfielder that would help them off the bench. 
Uh, they signed Luis Guillorme, who was formerly of the New York Mets, is kind of a versatile infield option. David Fletcher's not on the 40-man right now, but he was picked up from the Angels. I think he takes one of those spots. So you're probably realistically looking at maybe three, possibly four spots on the 40-man that I think will be filled within that next month leading up to spring training. Gotcha. You touched, Grant, on the trade of that, that saw Atlanta pick up Chris Sale from the Red Sox mm-hmm. um, in exchange for – is he still a prospect, Grant uh, Vaughn Grissom? So. I, mean, I, I think so. He's, he's close to graduating from it, you know, exceeding those rookie limits, I guess. Mm-hmm. But technically, when you just turn 23 and you're still trying to find that full-time job in the majors and you have as good a year as he had in AAA last year, I would consider him a prospect, at least in spirit – if not by designation these days, but he's right on that fringe. Can you please explain something to me? Sure. Because you, you, you see a lot more Braves baseball than I do, which it, it's hard to believe, but you do. Uh, why was Grant, was Vaughn Grissom not the answer at shortstop? I think the biggest thing for the Braves was the continuity of the everyday defense, and it's just a position that they weren't able to truly believe and commit to him that he was going to be able to cover that position every single day. And I think that as you looked at the opportunities that he got at shortstop in the big leagues, they were fleeting, obviously. They just wanted to go with somebody who offered a bit of a more, I think, steady hand. And Orlando Arcia was the right guy at the right time and was able to step up and take that job. Now, Vaughn, I think if he could have pivoted over to second base, that might have made some sense for the Braves, but they have an awfully good second baseman, so they didn't need that. He's not going to move to third base because they have an awfully good third baseman. And I just don't think that Vaughn Grissom offers the power profile that you're looking for out of a corner outfielder. So even though the Braves talked about him going down and playing winter ball and, and doing those things, which I commend Vaughn Grissom for doing, obviously, because he's trying to find a bats however he can, I didn't th- see him being the answer in left field without the Braves turning over a lot of other stones first. And clearly Jared Kelnick changed that equation. And I think as Alex Anthopoulos talked about it with the media you know, a couple of weeks ago uh, upon that trade, they weren't going to get this deal done without Vaughn Grissom being included. So that just seemed to be a thing where the Braves didn't really have an opportunity to play him every day. And as a young player that could bring them something back like a Chris sale, I think it was the right time to make that move. And hopefully Chris sale can remain healthy 20 starts for the first time in five years, this past season, over a hundred innings, that's things trending in the right direction. He finished the season strong. And if they get a healthy Chris sale in that rotation, that's really what the Braves were looking for all winter. So I think a lot of different roads, all kind of came together to have Vaughn Grissom be the player that went to Boston to bring Chris Sale to Atlanta. Clearly his first major league home run made an impression on the Red Sox. I would say so. It made an impression on me. I know that. <laughs> no doubt. Where, and, and I'm not sure that you know, where do you think he figures in in Boston? Just out of curiosity. I'm kind of interested to see that, to be honest with you, because they have some young infield prospects. I think Trevor Story has been battling injury the last couple of years, but obviously we saw, uh, Xander Bogarts go sign with the San Diego Padres. So I don't think everything's settled on their infield. And there's a little bit more opportunity at one place or another than there was for the Braves, where they really didn't seem to be much, if any, opportunity beyond shortstop. Could he play the outfield there some? I guess. But I could see him being more of like maybe a super utility guy for them that could get the occasional start at third when Rafael Devers is not in the lineup, start at short, start at second. And he's a useful player in terms of his bat-to-ball skills. So I just feel like there's more of an overall opportunity, a clearer opportunity for Von Grissom up in Boston. 
Yeah, you know, it. sometimes when you have an offense as good as the Braves have and, and, and a defense really as good as the Braves have, there are just going to be some guys, some good guys who aren't good enough. And that's a testament to what this this organization has built over the last five years. Yeah, it definitely is. And then when you look at what they need, their list of needs was very specific and very short. And you have a chance to go out and get somebody like a Jared Kelnick, who was a super prospect a few years ago. Yvonne Grissom was a very good prospect. Jared Kelnick was a mega prospect. And I think that there's still a lot in his bat. He's still a young player. I think the Braves are excited to kind of get him in their laboratory and work on that swing and see what they can unlock there. So I feel like that with five years of control made a ton of sense in left field. And then obviously making the Chris Sale trade was important to them to supplement that rotation beyond just bringing back Charlie Morton. So the Braves, as they fortified the bullpen and the background of all of that, were able to check off pretty much every major box and do so really without having to part with a lot of their younger prospects, the younger arms, the A.J. Smith-Shavers, Hurston Waldrips and the like, that I think they do see potentially being answers for what we initially started talking about. What does the rotation look like in the future, particularly if Max Fried is not a part of that rotation? You touched on something, and I want to. I want to get. I'm sorry, Mo. I didn't. No, mean to no, cut no. You I think we're going in the same direction, anyway. So go ahead. The bullpen. No, we weren't. <laughs> the the bullpen that you mentioned is what we like to call snitker proof, where you can't punt because everybody's just too good. Uh, <laughs> no matter who you throw out there, you still got a chance to win a game, even if you're down two or three in the sixth or seventh. But AJ Minter has is also in that arbitration situation is he a candidate for extension uh, what's the deal there because it feels like he's just been lights out in that in his role is it is it on him or is it on the Braves is there a reason he hasn't been extended no it's on both sides and I think that okay. the thing with a relief pitcher and this is any relief pitcher is and we saw this really with Joe Jimenez this year we saw it with Pierce Johnson who they got at the trade deadline I don't think they're necessarily looking to lock in, in relievers unless or until they have to do it and feel like they need to do it. And I feel like with AJ, there's a lot of motivation for the Braves, and I think a, a lot for him, to want to keep a good thing going. And AJ has been one of the most solid guys in that clubhouse. He's been a part of all the winning they've done since that rebuild, all the way through the World Series, on the night shift. He went through his highs and lows a couple of different times, including in 2023. And I feel like at the end of the year, you just look down and you're like, man, this guy may be the Braves' most valuable reliever. And this has been going on for a few years now. So I would love to see you know, that be a guy that sticks around in this Braves' bullpen mix for quite some time. I don't know that there's a, a reason that they haven't done it, other than, again, with relief pitchers. When you have to, you go ahead and bite the bullet. But if you're several years out and the arbitration number is manageable, which his has been, he's going to be making about $6 million this year after settling and deciding to uh, forego the arbitration hearing himself, I don't feel like the the Braves were under any pressure to have to give out that long-term contract, if that makes sense. Grant McCauley with 92.9, the game out of Atlanta, joining us as we talk a little hot stove Braves stuff. And Grant, you mentioned um, maybe a right-handed hitting outfielder might be on the Braves' wish list. There's one available, and there's one that they're familiar with. Mm -hmm. Any chance Adam Duvall is back again? I don't know if it's enough playing time for Adam Duvall because I feel like if he waits, he might find a club that's going to allow him to find three, 400 or more plate appearances the way he would have been Boston last year had he not gotten injured early on. I feel like we're probably looking at, I thought you were going to 
maybe Kevin Pillar because he fit in so well last year as a platoon partner for Eddie Rosario. I also feel like the Braves are going to be looking to give Kelnick as much of an opportunity against lefties this year as they possibly can. Maybe he sits every once in a while, but I think they view him as an everyday player. So for a guy like Adam Duvall to come over and basically end up being a defensive replacement, he's not going to DH. You're not really going to have that many opportunities to do so if Marcelo Zuna is doing what he did in 2023. I just don't feel like there's as clear a path for a guy like Duvall who has a lot more power in that bat and could get a lot more bats elsewhere than somebody who fit the bill so well last year, like Kevin Pillar, who was also loved in that clubhouse as well. I think he was a great fit. Makes sense. That's, that's, it does. that's what yeah. a lot of folks expect, and we'll see if, if Pilar finds his way to uh, being that role player again. Grant, as always, man, very insightful. Um, there's a there's one question that I want to that I want to talk about, but I'm not sure one that we have time to get into it today, so I'm gonna leave it be. But um, it's it has Jeez. nothing to do with the team. Well, it has nothing to do with the team or players or it, it, where are we gonna watch the Braves post next year? Uh, what and, and and how that television contract's gonna play out? My whole, answer, my whole answer is I don't know, and I'm waiting to find out just like you are. <laughs> yeah, and, and, but you know, and I, there's one day, you know, we we had a whole segment on mm-hmm. what happens to to Diamond Sports and Valley, so it's going to be interesting. But uh, we appreciate it as always, and look forward to talking to you again soon, man. Of course, thanks, guys. Thanks, Grant. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we've got Monstars from the weekend. So stick around on Main Street Sports today. We're back in a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you. 
no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, and it is time now for Monstars. Justin Kulik's on the controls, making sure those videos play perfectly, and they do, in fact, each and every segment. We appreciate that, Mo. Let's talk about some of our favorite or most impressive performances from the weekend all right who's going first well we don't have any titans that are obvious so justin may not have any obvious choices today but justin do you have one i do actually i got i'm you know and this is big of me i don't know how big but cj stroud i gotta give his flowers man he's he's a dog and i and i, I kind of knew he was but uh i mean what a game to step up in. And he did it against Burrow in the regular season. He steps up in big games. I got to give it to him, man. They they put a whooping on him. Stroud, 16 of 21 for 274 yards, three touchdowns in the Texans' 45-14 win over Cleveland. So, yeah, definitely a step-up type game for the rookie. Yao, you got one? I do, but I'm 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 looking up a bit of bio information. Okay. If it's okay, so go ahead and. Okay. Well, I will I will piggyback off of J.K.'s dog, and this guy is not a rookie quarterback, but he is a quarterback, and he put up amazingly similar numbers. Um. Jordan Love, 16 of 21 for 272 yards, three touchdowns in the number seven seed Packers 48-32 win at Dallas last night. How about Love, man? How about him? <laughs> Pretty impressive. Dude was unreal. Was just real stupid good. And, and and as Mo pointed out on Twitter, I can remember what couple months ago when they were ready to move on yeah we're not sure if jordan love is the answer at quarterback and that maybe was... maybe maybe that was intentional on their part maybe they meant to do what they did hey you felt it you know I've, I've seen that work i've seen that work 
So, so may, maybe they never, meant to do that, or maybe they were idiots. I don't know. But perhaps he, he balled out last night. Perfect quarterback rating. Only the third perfect quarterback rating in NFL postseason history. The other two guys, Peyton Manning, Terry Bradshaw. That's a make of that what you will. That's pretty solid folks right there. So, all right. I think I have found it. We're going right. to go with Memphis Central graduate, current New Orleans privateer, Jordan Johnson, mm. who yeah. led the privateers in a win over Texas A&M Corpus Christi this weekend with 40 points. 40? 40 points okay. and seven boards in an 83-80 win. So he scored half as many as his opponent did, and you'll take that uh, from Jordan. You get, 40, you get 40 points. You don't have to get any boards, to be honest. And yet. He got seven. <laughs> yeah. He still went out there and, and did the thing. So good job. Uh, the New Orleans Privateers. This is a great name, by the way. Well, the the privateers and the the islanders of Corpus Christi, and they got two of the better yeah. logos. I came across them, um, scrolled across them, looking for something else. I think on CBS Sports the other day. So, so yeah, good stuff. Nice, nice get there, Mister Yao. All right, J.K. Uh, I gotta go with my boy Pukanua. Nakua. Nakua. My bad. My apologies. Uh, You're good. Nine receptions, 181 yards, another rookie. I just love when rookies ball out in the playoffs, especially, you know, they didn't get a lot of hype dude, going in. This guy. He's a real dude, too. He had statistically as good of a season as Randy Moss had when he finished third in MVP voting <laughs> as a rookie. So, yeah, that's pretty solid. Got to think you'll take that. Um, my number two, Dalton Connect, mm-hmm. 36 points oh. as the Vols rallied from a potential come-from-ahead loss to win 85-79 down at Georgia on Saturday. The best not last name for a Hooper Con- ever. No doubt. Connect? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, it that's really solid. is. Yeah, you. It, it's hard to beat uh, connect in like basketball and be good. That, like that's so hard. That, that's a that's a KN name that we like. Yeah, <laughs> we can say and not feel we bad can about say it. that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's there's there's that. Uh. All right. Let's see here. Uh, I'm going to go because that was my next one. So let's go out west to Oregon State where Reagan Beers had 27 and 15 for. That's right. That's a great name. I'm just saying. (laughs) Reagan Beers, B-E-E-R-S, just like you're having multiple alcoholic beverages. There there went over. um, Who did I just say? Crap. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, Arizona, there went over Arizona. She had um, 27 and 15 
That's solid. So, Jake, um, I'm going to go with the Chiefs' defense, specifically that video of Ladarius Sneed, I believe his name is, on the Chiefs' uh, stiffen Tyreek Hill at the line. Did y'all see that video? I did, did not, not see that video. Did not see that game. Do not have Peacock. He was pu- he was pushing him around like a teddy bear. It was, it was like he's sliding all around. They stepped up big time. In five, minus five degrees kickoff. It's crazy. Um, my third, in keeping with my college pro high school. Stop me if you've heard this before. Alton Slaughter had 39 points Friday night. <laughs> hey, 39, it was short of 40. Yeah, well, um, as top-ranked Santa Fe defeated number seven, Richland, 62-50. 39. Yeah. This dude is a walk-in bucket, y'all, for real. Um, I know it's Class 1A, and, and I, I know it's not independence or pope prep or whoever else it is that that you've heard of but if y'all appreciate high school basketball at all go see this kid hey and here's the thing you say what you want atmosphere wise give me small school basketball all day Mm. because the gyms are almost always tiny packed which means Tiny they're packed. Impact. Mm-hmm. Electricity. Because <laughs> it's the only thing going on in the town. So, And you use that name town loosely in a lot of these instances as well. The bleachers, yeah. the bleachers in the gym, too. Yeah. So oh, yeah. It's it's insane. They're, you, you know. But anyway, my final mm-hmm. one, uh, I'm going to go to Nico Collins. Uh, six for 96 and a touchdown just because I like Nico. Good dude. And... uh I want to give him some some love. So, Nico Collins is my final monster, and that takes us to the top of the hour, where Terry McCormick is standing by. We'll be with him in just a moment. Right after this, stick around. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Welcome back in. It's time now for your Daily Titans Report, powered by Zen Sports with Terry McCormick. And Terry, what's up? Well, guys, Titans are in the midst of a coaching search. 
nine names we now know have uh, been sought permission to speak to, including Dan Quinn. And after yesterday, I'm not sure that Amy Adams Strunk and Rand Carthen might cross that one off. Might have just put a red line through that one and said, no thanks, we'll pass. But no but, thanks, yeah. But he's still supposedly on their radar. So we shall see. Terry, before we get too deep into Titans, I, I want to get back to this little note that you typed up here during yeah. our Monstars. Um, tell the people who your Monstar was. Okay, there was a young lady, and forgive me, I, I forgot her name because Houston County is one of my papers that I edit. Well, this young lady was the homecoming queen last week, and then she went out and dropped 30 on a team. So I had 30 points and was the homecoming queen. So that that's quite an accomplishment. What is that, the Houston County Herald? Yes, yes it is. Okay. Out in okay. Do Earn. continue. Um, who do you like of the names that we've heard to this point? Well, like I said last week, I'm partial to guys who come from the offensive side of the ball. I think that's the way the league is going. I think that's something the Titans have resisted for quite some time. And I also, you know, thought about it this way. You're going to be going into a brand new dome stadium. And when you play in a dome stadium, you need to tailor your team to play in that dome stadium, which means there are not any snowstorms. It doesn't, it's not going to look like it did. it's looking in Buffalo today. It's not going to be, you know, horrible weather games when you play at home anymore. You're going to be able to zip up and down the field like a track meet if you want to. That means tailoring your offense with explosive weapons at the wide receiver, tight end, and running back positions to build around your quarterback. Yet another reason, in my opinion, to go the offensive side of the ball. And after seeing the way that C.J. Stroud lit up the Browns and Jim Schwartz's defense, uh, I got to think that Bobby Slowick maybe could do some of that same stuff with Will Levis. Maybe not quite the polished talent C.J. is C.J. Stroud is right now, but certainly has the same type of arm strength and some of those intangibles that you like in a quarterback. Yeah, you know, I I feel like everybody is really excited. I I think Saturday probably flipped a lot of Titans fans' thoughts on Bobby Slowick, and you've been on him since day one. Terry, I mean, you you were the first person who I heard say the name, and, and obviously with his connection with Rand, it just makes a lot of sense, and I think folks would be happy right now if Bobby Slowick was the guy. Yeah, the one thing that I hear about Bobby Slowick is that they said, well, he may not be quite ready for a head coaching job or anything like that, you know, that he may be a year away. But isn't that what people said about Matt LaFleur, and isn't that what people said about Sean McVay? So, you know, isn't that what people said about Mike McDaniel? So those types of things can be overcome. And one of the ways you overcome that is when he assembles his staff, have a sounding board guy. It wouldn't hurt to have a veteran defensive coordinator on the staff to kind of be his sounding board as he makes these final decisions, uh, you know, before he heads into a game plan or a play call. Because, you know, he's on the rise. He's a talent you know, in the making, so to speak. 
but it never hurts to have some wise words around. Fisher was always really good at this because over the years he kept guys like Dave McGinnis and Gunther Cunningham, guys who had been around the league, had been well-versed in how the league worked, and he used those guys as sounding boards. And then later on you saw it with Mike Munchak uh, do it with uh, some people. I think he had, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, somebody there had uh, Ray Horton, who was a valuable defensive mind. One of them had Dick LeBeau, who was a valuable defensive mind. Mike Brable had Dean Pease. So those guys are out there. You just got to find them. Out there they are, indeed. Should be an interesting, you know, week because obviously with you know, playoffs continuing, uh, they can't talk to everybody they want to talk to. So I, I know most of these guys are doing their interviews via Zoom or whatever, but, uh, you know, do you expect that, that we're going to have any type of information more than what we know by the end of the week? I think this week will be more Zoom interviews, more talking to the candidates that have already been mentioned. There may be another one or two that get added to the list, but you can't have in-person interviews with anybody until after the divisional round of the playoffs. So it won't be until after next weekend's round of the playoffs before you can start doing in-person interviews, especially with guys who are already on staff somewhere. And one other point I want to make with you guys – Tell me if you agree with this. And, you know, and I, and I noticed this watching uh, the Detroit Lions last night. You know, you don't, you know, people wonder, well, you've got to have a dynamic quarterback to make it happen. And that's a big part of it. It really is. But, you know, not everybody's going to have Patrick Mahomes and not everybody's going to have Joe Burrow to hitch their offense to. But if you have a quarterback who is good enough and you put good weapons and good protection around him, then you can win with that. And I think Will Levis has shown that he has the potential that if you put good weapons around him, why can't he do what Jared Goff has done this year? Why can't he do what Baker Mayfield has done in a resurgence in Tampa? Why can't he do what Geno Smith did last year in revamping his career in Seattle? The quarterback doesn't have to be a superstar. He does. He just has to have weapons around him and make smart decisions with the football. And weapons and I'll tell like you, Josh Reynolds, uh, make, making smart decisions with the football at times would probably put you ahead of Jared Goff. Just to be yes, totally he made honest. one really dumb decision last night, so, but it didn't cost it because his guy wound up recovering the fumble. But yes, <laughs> so well and. And it wasn't exactly Will Levis's forte at Kentucky, though, Mo. It wasn't, but so it, now, you know, far be it for me to be a Will Levis apologist. I mean, we can go back and look at some of the things I said about him. But, I mean, as a rookie, I thought he did a pretty good job taking care of the football, which is... Especially you know, behind that line. Especially behind that line. So you would like to think that behind a real line that's going to improve so yeah i mean here's the thing with levis i think you know that he has the arm and you know that he has the smarts he's going to study he's going to do all those things but he's got to not cross the line between being a pure gunslinger and mm -hmm. doing something silly with the football 
You know, sometimes it's better to throw it away and live to play another down rather than try to force it into double coverage sometimes. I think think David Cutcliffe is the first person I heard say any play that winds up with you still possessing the ball is a good play. There you go. So, and I think maybe he learned some of that as a rookie and hopefully it gets better going forward for the Titans. All right. We've got a coaching search to continue. Mm -hmm. We will continue talking about it as long as it continues to drag on. And, but Terry, we appreciate it. Tell us about Zen Sports. The new sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee the last few months, and I'm excited to share with you some big news. Now, when you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to a $1,000 no danger first wager. That's right. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports with up to plus 500 odds, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to a $1,000 maximum within 24 hours if the bet loses. And there's more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program. This new VIP rewards program will allow top tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. The VIP program is by invite only, so if you feel your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, please check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sportsbook will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. This holiday season, the largest lantern festival in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. Witness more than 1,000 handcrafted Chinese lanterns featuring brand new designs, including towering mythical beasts, a life-sized Santa's workshop, and a 100-foot-long dragon. Welcome back to Zoolumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. Hey, welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, coming to you live from the Lee Company Studios in our humble abode today. That's right, as we are dealing with the old snowman outside. It's Snowmageddon here in Mid-Tennessee. And so, we're at home. (laughs) Yes, we're at home and happy to be here. Uh, As you can see, we are, some of us are manifesting warmer thoughts and so looking forward to continuing this fantastic monday show that we have put together man i i, I just i can't say enough about that the, the folks that we have come on this show and 
uh, lend their expertise to us, and we certainly appreciate it, and no shortage of expertise with our next guest from Last Word on College Football, Tony Siracusa, joins us. Tony, what's up, man? Hey, guys. How you doing? I, I, I love the shirt, Chris. I, I you know... When I when I see that shirt, I don't think Snowmageddon, so I like that. You're you're, you're kind of sending warm vibes across the airwaves. I don't think it's the airwaves that he's concerned with, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's my house. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. Hey, um, things in Tallahassee are getting interesting, huh? You know, it is it is chaos down there for what the past two months now i mean first we had the playoff committee and the injuries and the snub from the playoff committee and the suing the acc to get out of the grant of rights and now you have florida state being hit by the nca with what frankly are pretty significant penalties for an nil nil violation and what makes this jump to the top is this is the first time the NCAA has gone after a school for this particular violation. Really what we're looking at is uh, Florida State was found to have had the offensive coordinator, Alex Atkins, was alleged to have driven a prospect. So someone that Florida State didn't even have locked in yet, a prospect and his parents to a meeting with the head of the school's NIL collective, uh, a group called Rising Spear. That in and of itself is an NCAA violation. There is supposed to be a brick wall between the school and the collective. They are not allowed to act in concert with each other. But now you have not just a staffer, but the offensive coordinator making the introduction, bringing the kid and his parents to this meeting. The, the booster from the collective who went unnamed in the report allegedly encouraged the kid to sign on to Florida State. There would be money there for him. Uh, I think the NCAA allegation said about $15,000 a month uh, for however long he stayed at Florida State. Now, that's, again, that is a penalty. There's there's a little bit of gray area there. I got to be honest with you, because everybody ignores the NCAA rules when it comes to the collectives and NIL. And what wound up happening, which encouraged everybody to ignore the NCAA, was all of the states went off on their own with legislation. I think we now have 32 states which have their own legislation, which govern the schools within those states as to what they can and cannot do. Most of the states have clear writing in the legislation that money from the collective may not be used to induce someone to go to school there at any of those public universities. There have been violations. And the state clearly isn't going to do anything to punish one of their own schools. It's not in their best interest to do so. The NCAA, you know, the NCAA has been neutered by constant lawsuits, frankly. You know, anytime they try and do anything, they're dragged into court. What was it, about two months ago? They tried to narrow the transfer portal again, 
And within 72 hours, some basketball players in West Virginia had them in federal court. So this is the, the, the this is really kind of, I hate to use the word landmark. It's not that big, but it's a big deal in the sense of this is the first time the NCAA has really gone after a school. And it just so happens that it's Florida State, which has issues with the NCAA, issues with the ESPN, issues with the playoff committee, issues with just about everybody. And so, honestly, the folks in Tallahassee are feeling pretty picked on right now. Just well, for good reason. Par- just because they're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I was thinking of Chris because last time, last time I was on, we ran a couple of, you know, good conspiracy theories out there. And I, I know, I know, Chris doesn't shy away from conspiracy theories. And I'm like, wow, Florida State. They, they, <laughs> they went after them. And you know what was it last week for about oh maybe an hour or two. Mike Norvell's name was being thrown into the Alabama coaching search. And I start, I actually was thinking of you, Chris, because I was, I was thinking, you know, if that happens, we're going to have to send FEMA down to Tallahassee to make sure everybody's okay. And I got to be honest with you at this point with the NCAA sanctions, I got to be honest with you, man. I'm, su- I'm surprised there is any aluminum foil left anywhere on the shelves at any of the stores there. Because there's a lot of tinfoil hats being made, and I'm surprised there's any Reynolds wrap left down there in Tallahassee right now. <laughs> Tony, when you look at this, these sanctions that mm-hmm. have been handed down to Florida State, I mean, does mm-hmm. it? Do you feel like it changes how anybody else does business? It should. Or, or, or do people just think, well? That's Florida State. The NCAA was looking for a reason to get them anyway. We're we're good. <laughs> I, I you know what you know what Mo. I think there's a little bit of both. I think Florida State was the low hanging fruit because there was so much cooperation from the athlete in this particular investigation. The prospect and his parents basically, you know, came forth with everything that happened. The and I think that that's part of the reason why the NCAA went so. Uh, large scale in the penalties. They are significant. Um, two years probation, a scholarship reduction of 5% over the two years. Um, they're not allowed as many official recruiting visits. Um, there's, a, there's an extra uh, dark period now in the recruiting that is handed out specifically to Florida State in addition to what other schools have to do. Um, and the collective has been, the school and the collective have been officially banned from doing anything with each other. The school cannot promote the collective. That's a gray area for a lot of schools. I've seen coaches at some schools wearing t-shirts with the collective name on it. They won't come out and outwardly promote it because that probably crosses the line, but they don't mind wearing the t-shirt on camera for interviews. Um, there is to be no communication between the two sides. Now, the collective can still work with the athletes individually, but they cannot raise, the school cannot help raise money for the collective and vice versa. They, there's going, and I, and I feel certain in saying there is going to be a significant monitoring of this, probably because it's Florida State and they made it far too easy. 
Now, are there schools, to your other point, Mo, are there schools that are going to be brazen enough to say, eh, I'm not going to worry about it. Florida State screwed up, and that's on them. Yeah, sure, there are. Do I think the NCAA is going to continue to go after some of these schools? I do. I do. They got one. You're gonna, there, there are more that are probably just as easy as this. But no, it, it was easy, though. It wasn't. That's the thing. I mean, we got we got to point point that out. That, it, like you said, it was low hanging fruit. This mm-hmm. was easy to do because nobody really until until now nobody really knew what the the black and white areas were. Everybody mm-hmm. was working in the gray. Well, yep. now we have a black and white. And yep. and so because it was easy, is that why the NCAA was able? to do this because it was easy because Florida Lord State knows didn't even fight it. <laughs> yeah, that I, I think Chris is right. One, Florida State didn't challenge this. They knew they were caught. And you know what? I think they have enough other issues, you know, going on that they're like, we're gonna we're gonna swallow this and move on. But I think, you know, as much as we have this this vision as media members of the NCA as this Goliath grotesque entity, and they are because of the billions of dollars they pull in. The one department which is seriously understaffed and underfunded is investigations. As of two years ago, they had a grand total of 18 investigators for the entire country. Um, and they usually use two, three, even four of them per investigation. So that's one, why they take so long. And two, why they are quite often unsuccessful in coming to formative conclusions. Um, so I think the ease of doing this helped the NCAA. I think that they, the NCAA is hoping that it's a warning shot across the bow of other schools. But, you know, so do I expect another dozen to be hit, you know, within the next year? No. Do I expect another couple? Probably by summer. Yeah, I do. Hmm. I do. There are some out there that really are. And we know, and you know, you guys probably know about some of them. And, and you know, last word, we know some of them that are pretty blatant. And uh, in terms of crossing the line of what the collective and the university can do together. Um, this also, I got to be honest with you. I think that there is another if we're going to connect dots. And, you know, Chris, I like connecting dots. This really goes to what Charlie Baker is trying to propose as the new president. He's not such a new president anymore, but tying the NIL to the universities. Let the universities handle the NIL. Let them handle the money. Let them create the trust, the literally a financial trust, so that they're the ones collecting the money and it goes in this fund that they can't use for anything else allegedly and and that will be the nil fund for the players because what does that do it gets rid of the collectives and 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 there is no need for the collectives anymore if the universities can can gather and allocate that money on their own i got to be honest with you and i'm sure i've said it to you guys i've been saying it so much people are tired of it and no offense to anyone in your audience who's part of a collective i can't stand the collectives I can't stand them. When when Ed O'Bannon spent all those years in court and went to the Supreme Court, 
this is not what he envisioned NIL to be. It was you, you, the player has a relationship with a sponsor, an advertiser, a marketer, probably in the local community. There are services provided, maybe he does commercials, maybe he goes to, you know, meet, does a meet and greet, whatever the case may be. And he gets paid money directly. The collectives, and I get people pushing back at me every time and I don't care. The collectives are legalized money laundering. They just gather money. It's non-directed revenue because when you when you give money to a collective, you're not saying I want it to go to this basketball player or I want it to go to the running back. You're just donating and they decide who gets what based on whatever their parameters are. Not the way NIL was supposed to be. So this this these NCA sanctions really kind of go to boost Charlie Baker's motivation long term also. NIL and the transfer portal, I feel like have both gotten corrupted mm -hmm. from where they were supposed to be, what the intended purpose was when they came online to where they've gotten to. And and I've been saying it for a year, year and a half. I mean, I'm I'm all for the players getting paid and I'm all for the freedom of movement, but mm -hmm. there's got to be a happy medium between where we were and where we are. I, I agree with that. Part of the challenge is that while they were never intended to work together, the portal and NIL, because they became legalized within what, three, four weeks of each other, mm -hmm. they are inherently tied together. That You're was right. never the intention for either of them, but they are now inherently and forever tied together. And again, we talked about the portal. The coaches wanted the change in the portal. Coaches nationwide for roster management purposes wanted to go back to you get the one free transfer. After that, you've got to sit out a year. And the NCA said, all right, we hear you, coaches. That's what we're going to do. And when within weeks of trying to do it, uh, you know, in the fall, they got taken to federal court and a federal judge said you can't do that. And the reason he said you can't do that is because if you make a player sit out, what does it do? It inhibits their ability to make NIL money. And so, again, two, two initiatives that in their purest form, I agree with you, Mo, in their purest form were correct. They were right. The way they are now bears no resemblance to what they were designed to do. And and there's no going back. There's no yeah. there's no bottle to put that genie in. Even I mean, they threw the bottle out. It's they it, really it did. And, they really and, did. You know, the next step, Tony and and Mo, who was it that that told us this? That you know, eligibility requirements and 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 eligibility mm -hmm. limits may be the next step because I again, think it was David Ubbin that we were having yeah. that mm -hmm. conversation. Oh yeah, we, David and I have had that conversation before. Also, it's over. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it, I mean, it, you got you've got at least two quarterbacks coming back for a seventh year yep. in twenty four. It's amazing, isn't it? And what what one of the one of the things that will change that organically is when we're finally able to put the COVID exemption year behind us, when we're no longer dealing with players who are around in twenty twenty. That strikes one year out. But you're right. It's it's because you've got guys who are you know, who, who had their red shirt year, their COVID year, and then they got an, an, injury, an injury waiver 
you know, a medical exemption and they're in their seventh year. And it's, you know, the, the ironic thing is, is that they get to still go be college athletes and good for them. And maybe they're making NIL money and good for them. They are really at that point eliminating their draft value for the NFL because no one's really interested in a 26 year old rookie. You know, it's, it's, you've got a lower, you've got a less shelf life, uh, lesser shelf life. And, you know, you're old going into rookie camp at that point. So it's, it, it's, it's a strange conundrum. We're at a crossroads. I tend to think this is probably about another two, maybe three years before there's a lot of other changes, a lot of corrections. Uh, I was on a conference call last week with uh, Kalen DeBoer having nothing to do with him taking the Bama job. Uh, it was all the finalists for the Bear Bryant Award for Coach of the Year. <laughs> That's ironic. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Um, <laughs> and, um, the, and, and, and part of what we were talking about was all these changes have had unintended consequences, like what we've been Surprise. talking about. And he said, you know, and, and, and so there needs to be a, a constant motion, constant with the commissioners and the coaches and the administrators to to regularly smooth things out and not wait for these monumental decisions, but but for it to be a constant in everyone's mind. I agree with that, except a lot of these changes will require people to give up their power. Right. It, when we talk about college football pulling away from the NCAA, which a lot of people endorse and I see the reasons for it. But there's going to be one person running college football then. And who's going who's gonna to tell Greg Sankey, it's not you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The conference commissioners are going to have to give up their own power, which is how they exist, is with right. this authority. And they're all going to lose it. Uh, so, you know, it, the, the, these changes are not going to be easy. There are going to be more. There needs to be more. I don't have a lot of faith in, even though I think we're now up to eight or nine draft legislations in the United States House of Representatives and in the Senate, but those those take years to get through. Even if any of them have legitimate legs, they take years to get through. So, you know, we're, we're, we're at a place where everyone's looking for answers. And in the meanwhile, you got places trying to, you know, drive drive a Brinks truck through a small wedge. There are plenty of those places, I can guarantee you. One of oh, them yeah. is Oxford, Mississippi. And <laughs> and I don't think there's I don't think there's any question about that. But I anyway. don't I don't think so either. <laughs> Tony Syracuse with last word on sports, last word on CFB. Make sure to go follow him at Tony Bruin. And Tony as always, man. Good to talk to you. Always good stuff. Never never fails to be entertaining for sure. All right, guys. Glad to see you and uh, be safe over there. All right. Thanks, We're not Tony. going to appreciate it. Yeah. We're <laughs> staying in. All right. <laughs> all right. Let's take a break. When we come back, NFL playoffs, we'll chat about that in just a moment. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. 
Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, and we are live from the Lee Company Studios in our humble abodes today. It's always, always fun. NFL's Super Wild Card weekend-ish <laughs> it continues as Buffalo and Pittsburgh are about to kick off. Have. Or have kicked off. Okay, well, I'm in a commercial break, so I hadn't seen it. So Yes, they, they have kicked off. They're mm-hmm. about three minutes in, I think. Well, there you go. So. No score. Yeah, there you go. Let's talk a little bit about, however, the other four games that did take place. We've talked briefly about those, but uh, how surprised are we, and we know Justin is, that Houston just <laughs> manhandled. Cleveland. I, I didn't. I did not see that coming offensively for for Houston. I mean, I thought Jim Schwartz was going to do a good job. I thought Joe Flacco would be a solid, you know, ball control type offense. Uh, I'm I'm just shocked that we ended up where we ended up. I would not have expected 45-14 under any circumstances. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not surprised that Houston won. 
In fact, somebody's four and zero on their picks right now. That's that's solid. Yeah, but no. Um, hats it's a off good. To it's you. a good thing you went uh, with your uh, home life gut. <laughs> Much needed. Yeah, so. I, I, I look a lot smarter after that one. But I mean, um, like I said, thirty-one points, four touchdowns. No, anybody that says they saw that coming is lying. Yeah. So. Uh, that night, Chiefs Dolphins again. Did y'all see the picture of Mahomes' helmet? I, I know you did. I did because I actually saw the girl who took it quote tweet someone who posted it and credited her with the picture and said, oh, and she said, she said, you. it's me. Hi, I'm Emily. It's me because Taylor Swift. You know, it's me. I'm the problem. It, anyway, <laughs> it's Taylor Swift lyric. And so uh, a phenomenal photo because it just shows how insane that was. <clears throat> now, my question about that is, one, uh, and, and Justin, feel free to, there it is, uh, Emily Curiel of the Kansas City Star with with the photo is is this a positive i know that sounds positive the fact that the helmet broke away like i i know that sounds crazy but like when you take a shot like that the helmet breaking almost feels like it absorbed the hit better yeah i mean it's better that it was the helmet than mahomes's head Right. But I think the bigger concern, though, is if you are playing in conditions that bring that about, should you be playing? Yeah, I I mean, he had his helmet warming on the sideline, so was it condition-oriented? I don't know. I haven't I, – I did actually see a guy – uh, who is a, a sales rep for that helmet company on TikTok. I didn't watch his video, though. But he was talking about it and how, you know, how the company works. I just didn't watch the video because I didn't have three minutes to spare on whatever he had to say. <laughs> <laughs> TLDR, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, need, I needed the TLDR and just didn't, yeah, <laughs> we didn't get one. Too long, I, I didn't, just, too, too long didn't listen. Yeah, yeah t- so that being said, that's Mahomes' fault, by the way. He lowered his head into Elliott. And I am curious if he will uh, be fined as running backs have been fined this year for lowering their head into contact. I mean, that's an interesting secondary topic, I yes. think. Secondary being the key, but I, it, yeah, just a thought. Just because I mean, if if it's cold enough for the equipment to not work properly, then it's too cold to play. I would agree, especially. And I don't. When I mean, had, now, now, I don't know what you do about it. Well, especially but, when you had the noon slot open, though. You had noon Sunday open, and or or Saturday. No, noon Sunday. Oh, to push it back. Yeah. Yeah. You could have pushed it into the into the Bill Steeler into slot. Into the Bill Steeler. 
and played it on Peacock and been done. Yeah, you 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 knew they weren't giving up primetime Saturday. But Sunday noon is when I'm I'm most likely to watch the NFL. Seriously, I mean, primetime Saturday is is probably the least likely time anybody's watching the NFL because that's that they're they're going out to whatever. And, and, and then on top of it, you put it on streaming only. Yeah, which again, most streaming, most streamed event in streaming history, but still it's around true. three million fewer viewers than the Saturday afternoon game. But again, glass half full, glass half empty, right? I mean, I, I think the time was the worst part of it. You think it was the time, not the peacock? Well, I think that's part. I think peacock is part of it. But I mean, Saturday night, I'm going out to dinner. I'm doing a lot of things that are not watching the NFL. If I'm just a regular fan, now obviously Chiefs and Dolphins fans are at the house watching it. But the 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 regular guy. I got other things to do. I'm going to karaoke at the bar or something. And it's going to be on more than likely. Is it? Yeah. I, I mean, my, well, I mean. On Peacock? So, like, let, let's say uh, Fozzie's restaurant. They, they have Peacock. So, I, I mean, yeah, you can get it at, mm-hmm. at the bars and stuff. So I just I just think it was just a poor decision all the way around. You had an opportunity to put it in midday the next day mm-hmm. and you would have been better off. It's interesting. Just a but bad decision from everybody involved. So when when at what juncture of the game did that take place? Because did he he did not wear that helmet the rest of the game, did he? No. He he got a new helmet immediately. They okay. and did not and did not have to come off the field for a play or take a timeout with an equipment malfunction, which was a big deal for a lot of folks. I mean, that's as as malfunctions go. That's a tough one to beat. So there's that. Hmm. Um, not surprised though by the outcome. I, I said. You know, the I think the only team with a winning record the Dolphins beat this year were the Packers, maybe, or the Cowboys. I can't remember. It's one of the two. One of those. Uh, one they, of those two. They teams. beat the Cowboys. Okay. Well, there you go. Not all records are created equally, Mo. <laughs> well, it, and, and one of their and at least one of the teams that they lost too far at their coach. <laughs> so, so I mean. <laughs> And it's the Chiefs. This is this is Mahomes' season, right? This is Mahomes' season. For everything that you've seen out of Kansas City all year, this yeah. Now I mean, this is Mahomes' season. Can can they can they continue this for another one, two, three weeks? I don't know, but they did it Saturday night. Um. <laughs> well, one of the teams they beat might fire their coach after last night, Mo. Mike McCarthy. <laughs> does he survive this? I don't think he does. I mean, Jerry Jerry Jones turned around after that pick six and was saying something, and I know he was mad. He, <laughs> you think he said fire everybody? Probably. 
I'm surprised that Mike McCarthy made it out of the locker room at halftime. I think I read that the Dallas Cowboys are the first team to win 12 games or more three years in a row and not make their conference championship conference championship game in any of those three seasons. It's unreal. Well, I, mean, I had if, I had high if hopes. If that ain't for coaching, them. if that ain't coaching, I don't know what is. Here's the good thing: I don't, I don't, I don't have to feel obligated to pick them anymore. I, they can only beat me once. Um, so uh, someone, somebody told me to tell you your team sucked at some point uh, last night. I didn't think it was your team, but I, I did know that you picked yeah. them. And stuff. I, well, yeah, I mean, I, I picked. Oh, them they were your Super Bowl pick. They're my right. Super Bowl pick. Oh, oh, Ooh, that's right. I forgot about so, that. Yeah. And so I had to, I mean, I had to go with them as long as they were in. Well, they're no longer in. <laughs> Don't have to worry about that anymore. Well, that's good. I'll take that. Uh, and, and then, you know, last night, how, how surprised were you that Matthew Stafford was booed? I was shocked. Upon introduction. I did not see that coming at all. I think I tweeted something to that effect. I, I didn't realize. I didn't know I didn't know Detroit and Stafford had beef like that. They didn't. I didn't think. Now I I think I think I heard earlier in the week that they banned Stafford jerseys. Yeah, I I had said that <clears> on the show. I, I I read that on Twitter somewhere. That Which they I thought banned. that was I was kind of shocked by that. That but, doesn't make sense. They're Lions jerseys. Who cares what numbers on them? Or what names on them? <laughs> I mean I. I didn't. I didn't realize. Like I said, I didn't realize there was beef between the Lions and Stafford. I mean, he did I, as much as he was able to do there, and he moved on. And I, and clearly they've moved on. So, well, I think. I think as far as trades go, that was that may be the most even trade in the history of trades. The Rams won a Super Bowl, and the Lions now have won a playoff game. For the first time since 1992. Yeah. I mean, that's that's about as even a trade as you can make for those two teams. And I, and I, just, I just don't know. For everything that Stafford went through in Detroit, I don't know that he deserved that. Absolutely not. I, upon introduction, you give him his due. You give yeah. him a, an applause. You give him a thank you. We appreciate it. I when mean, it all we've kicks been... off. He sucks, and he's the worst player ever, and killing, you know, every we, day. We've been down this road, yeah, over the twice in the last couple of years. I mean, the Braves didn't boo either Freeman or nope. Swanson. And you give them that you probably give them had you more, can. and they probably deserved it more than Stafford did. Right, they chose to leave. Right, Stafford left by trade, which I mean, I know, I think, I think it. I know was he wanted it, but still, everybody, everybody was wanted it. I mean, everybody needed to a mix-up in that situation. But mm -hmm. those guys chose to leave, and Braves fans applauded, as they should have. Right. Right. So, anyway, I, I, I was shocked. Uh, I, 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 I was, was stunned. I really was. Did you hear him in the postgame? Uh-uh. Are they asked him if he were happy if he was happy for the city to to get the you know the playoff win you know, <laughs> and he said, "I'm happy for the players." 
And you can't be mad at him for saying that. <laughs> a little shade from number nine. Well, and they brought it on themselves. So, so I mean, was that that he wasn't happy for the front office, or that he wasn't happy for the fans? I wonder which who he was who he was leaving out of his happiness. Yeah. Who was he least happy for? I don't know. It had to be the. I mean, the fans are part of it after booing, and that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Detroit fans, that was that that was trash. That uh, was, was trash. I mean, and, and I'm trying to be happy. Trash can juice. And I'm I'm trying to be happy for for. Everybody in that organization. Yeah, fans on down. It's Including the guy who's been a season ticket holder for, 50, for 66 years. 66 years. Clearly. Who was there the for the 1957 championship game. Yep. He bought season tickets and they never went back. So maybe that guy should probably stop buying season tickets. <laughs> maybe he should have his season tickets taken. Revoked. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Sir, your tickets have been revoked. We're trying to win again. You are out. (laughs) (laughs) To watch just the house. I'm sorry, sir. (laughs) Oh, man. I saw saw a quote from someone, and I want to throw this out there. Mm -hmm. Dan Campbell is who we thought Mike Vrabel was going to be. Dan Campbell has a lot better roster than Mike Vrabel had at any point. At any point. I'm, I do think they are very similar coaches, I'm, though. They're, I'm they're sorry. Very... I, um, Mike Vrabel has never said anything about biting ankles or biting kneecaps or whatever. He did say he I was going to cut. He he would cut it off for a Super Bowl. So I, it's pretty close. I'm, <laughs> I'm just not ready to portray Mike Vrabel negatively. No, I, but I, I, you know, people have this. What have you done for me lately? Dan Campbell's not been to. Be, he, <laughs> he's won. He won a playoff game as the number two seed. Come on. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, number three seed. Excuse me. But still, yeah, he, he he won a game he was supposed to win. Calm right? down. <laughs> right. Calm down. <laughs> so, you know, that's, didn't, that's kinda... didn't go to New England and beat Tom Brady in his final game as a Patriot. Hello. You know, let's calm down. Anyway, a couple things. Anything else on the NFL that you want to get into? Uh, Not that I can think of. Other than Buffalo, Buffalo's up seven nothing. Yeah, I did see a. I did see that. Let's let's do this real quick. Memphis Grizzlies cannot catch a break, Mo. No. Desmond Bain now out for six weeks. At this point, you just gotta. Mail it in and hope that you get the number one pick, right? Yeah, I mean, you got to – what's the team that's playing down in DeSoto County? The the G League oh, team? The, the, just, G, the, the hustle? Yeah, just bring them all up. <laughs> wrap Sign everybody quick. else in bubble wrap and get them ready for next year. Sign Lofton again. <laughs> let them all – just let I, the I did, hustle play. Good Lord. That's it's brutal. I mean, that that is brutal. Who do you pick if you're if you get the choice and the number one overall pick? Do you take Hunter Dickinson or Zach Eady? It's got to be Dickinson, right? I think so. I think 
from a physical standpoint, Zach Eady reminds me a little too much of um, Chet Holmgren. I mean, I think Hunter Dickinson is a NBA-ready body more so yeah. than Eady is. That's just I, I agree. I agree with you. I agree. With I, you. I think Dickinson is a little bit ready to take the pounding for 83, 82 games and actually get down on the block and be a post player. I'm not sure what Edie is necessarily in the NBA. With full he is a hand. he is a less physical Yao Ming. A less I think physical Yao Ming. That's not no, a compliment. I think, I think. Well, I mean, I think he has the. I think he has the hook shot. He's got the ability to get around guys and and shoot over guys. You know, kind of like Kareem did, just finding ways to be open, just because he's so much taller. Mm-hmm. But I think with Dickinson, he can get out on the wing. He can create his own scoring opportunities, whereas Edie. But can't. he can also go bang. I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm saying he's he's far more athletic. So I think I think you're right. I think Dickinson's the number one pick if you get a chance at him. Nick and Saban. Maybe, maybe that's what Memphis yeah. needs. Huh? Exactly. They need us. They need Stephen Adams, who's not hurt. Mm. Nick Saban, his next job. Per bet online AG, best odds TV analyst minus two fifty. What what other options are there? Pop Warner coach plus one twenty five. <laughs> Voiceover <laughs> actor plus five hundred. Little Debbie ambassador plus nine hundred. Pro fisherman plus fourteen hundred. Uh, can you imagine? Can you imagine Nick Saban as a junior pro coach? Yes, it would be hilarious. Oh, not for those kids. Right. Um, or my favorite, the Alabama Democratic Party is hoping for politician at plus 3,300. <laughs> That's what they are praying for. Oh, uh, man. Anyway. <laughs> That's what the, That's a plus 3,300 odds. Or touring with the Rolling Stones at plus 5,000. <laughs> That's funny. And finally, yes. plus 10,000 odds, senior PGA Tour. I think he could actually do that and be semi-successful. <laughs> Until Tiger shows up. There we go. It's been a good show. Been a lot of fun. Let's do it again Let's tomorrow. Let's do it again say. tomorrow, yeah. Chip Walters will be with us, and we'll we'll have more for you on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Enjoy the snow, but be safe if you are going out. Make sure to stay safe. Until next time, that's right. We will see you right back here on Main Street Media TV. 